You're listening to Create Wealth Through Franchising, and I'm your host, Kim Daly. In my 20 years as a franchise consultant, I've helped hundreds of people achieve their dreams of building and scaling franchise businesses to create wealth. The interview you're about to hear can also be found on my YouTube channel, where I post new franchising content multiple times per week. Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and to my YouTube channel at kimdaily.tv. Now, enjoy the show. Can I buy a business with no money down? If that's a question you're asking, then this is the video for you. In the next 10 minutes or so, I'm gonna introduce you to a couple of America's top franchise lending resources that will explain to you how banks loan money to franchise businesses. But before I share that conversation with you, I wanna share some of the financial qualifications that franchisors typically have. When you're looking at a franchise business, it's very common to see a liquid capital requirement and a net worth requirement. This is the capital that the bank probably is going to require you to have in cash. And that's why the franchisor is requiring it from you in cash. Now, as you're soon going to learn from the financial experts, that cash doesn't have to be cash sitting in your bank account because there's this thing called the 401k rollover plan or the ROBS, the rollover for business startup, which my expert friends are going to tell you more about. But in a nutshell, that ROBS program allows you to use your 401k without creating a taxable event. And that's how most people get their hands on the cash they need to qualify for a franchise, even with a loan. In addition to that liquid capital requirement, there's often a net worth requirement. What is a net worth requirement? Because sometimes you can see a business that's a $200,000 investment, but the net worth requirement will be 500,000. Why so much? Well, there's a couple of reasons why. First of all, if the franchise requires real estate, oftentimes the net worth requirement will reflect what the franchisor believes the landlord is going to require in order for you to get a good lease. So remember, the franchisor is your partner in this relationship. So they're going ahead of you. They know what's coming ahead. So when they set that $500,000 or million dollar net worth requirement, it's to protect you. It's so that they know they can get you a really good lease. Franchisors really love to beat up landlords and get really good terms and even tenant improvement money back, which is after you've built out the property, the landlord might cut a check back to you because I mean, listen, you just improved his property. So why should you have to pay for all of that? Oftentimes landlords will return some of that money back to you in what's called TI or tenant improvement money, but we're getting off topic. <laughs> so that net worth requirement then is to protect you from being able to get a lease. Sometimes the net worth requirement may be there because if the franchisor has vendors and the vendors are going to loan you product or have terms for the product. Again, the franchisor is making sure that the lenders will feel like you are credit worthy. So again, they are your true partner. They are going before you. They know what you're going to need down the line. And so they're asking you upfront to come to the table with these requirements financially. 
Another reason that a franchisor might have a net worth requirement is simply to make sure that you are not putting everything that you have into the startup of the business. Listen, the number one reason that businesses fail is because people run out of money before they really figure out how to make money. These are entrepreneurial businesses, by the way. <laughs> and the reason franchise businesses don't have that kind of failure rate is because of a net worth requirement where the franchisor is asking you to come to the table with a little bit of cushion to protect you in the end in case your business takes a little bit longer or requires a little bit more money in order to get to that positively cash flowing position. So now let's go over to the conversation with my friends who are experts in franchise lending to learn more about the question being asked here. Can you invest in a franchise with no money down? All right. Eric and Shirley, thank you so much for joining my conversation about can you buy a franchise with no money down? This is a question I'm often asked. And as the franchise consultant in the process, I'm always the resource. I'm always the guide, not the expert trying to answer the question that I don't have the expertise to answer. So today's conversation is going to involve two experts who what they do every day is help people figure out what they would qualify for in franchise lending. So let's introduce Eric Shecky from Benetrends, because I can't say his last name, and Shirley Kepjin representing FranFund, two of America's top lending resources for franchises. Welcome to the call today. I will let one of you, um, Eric, why don't you open up the conversation just you know, answering the question is at face value. Can you buy a franchise with no money down? Yeah, and I, I would never uh, classify myself as a banker, but I think the most popular answer that I've heard from the bankers in my career and the most famous answer in lending is it all depends because the gut response would be, no, of course you can't buy a business with no money out of your pocket. And then, you know, I think we were even chatting before is like, well, actually, if you do this and this and you don't put any of your personal money down, which means no money down, you probably can buy a business or a franchise with no money out of pocket. It just really depends on what programs that person's looking to use. So um, I would say yes, and but it depends. <laughs> so Eric, when you say yes, when you say this and this, what are you referring to? Well, and I think, as I said before, it, it depends on what somebody classifies as no money down. Me personally, no money down means no of my personal cash. So if I'm not dipping into my checking or my savings account and not using any of my uh, post-tax money, then I'm not putting any money down. Well, if I have a, uh, you know, if I work at a company right now and I have a 401k and I'm not going to leave that employer, I could take a loan against my existing employer's retirement plan, which usually most employer plans allow you to take a loan for up to 50% of what you have in the plan at a maximum of $50,000. And if I were to get, say, $40,000, $50,000 from there and then use that to go get an SBA loan, and now I could almost buy a $200,000 business by putting 50 of my own, $150,000 SBA loan, I've been essentially 100% financed because I didn't put any out-of-pocket money, which for my view, that's no money down. 
So yeah, even certain scenarios like that, and I know surely you were going to touch on like even like a portfolio loan or looking at some of the other options or a HELOC. So there's definitely ways to access money that is not your money, which to me, that's what money down is. Okay, Shirley, why don't you pick up? So to Eric's point, if you are hoping to obtain a traditional SBA loan, you are going to have to put some cash into the business somehow. It doesn't necessarily have to be your savings, as he pointed out. You know, maybe it's retirement money that you're not using right this minute anyway. That's not impacting your balance sheet to make the investment. So again, I think that that is, you know, sort of a, a no cash down scenario. We also work with a lot of folks who have investment portfolios, you know, brokerage accounts out there. And it is possible to obtain a line of credit against that investment portfolio. So you're leveraging your investments, but not liquidating them. And, you know, that I would look at as sort of a, a no cash down situation. Um, even other borrowing options outside of SBA, there are some term loans or lines of credit out there that can be obtained. Now, they might cost a little bit more than an SBA loan, but if your priority is holding on to cash, then that could very well be worth it. So I think a lot of it goes back to what Eric said, that, you know, it just depends. It depends on the individual. It depends on what the ultimate goal and priority really is, um, you know, and all of those factors combined. Love it. A common scenario that this conversation brings up is if you did use a loan from a stock portfolio and an SBA loan, you're very heavily loaned. <laughs> and so what happens inevitably during the due diligence process is people come back and go, well, well, this business isn't cash flowing for three years. I mean, why would I ever do this? And I'm always like beside myself when it's kind of like oftentimes the same people who are like, I want to do this with no money down, but yet they're looking to live off of the business like in month one. <laughs> I'm like, well, you can't have it both ways. I mean, the benefit of funding it through like a 401k ROBS program or cash is that as soon as the business starts cash flowing, that's all your money, correct? Versus if you're leveraged, heavily leveraged, because you didn't want to put any of your own cash down, hopefully you're in a scenario where you can keep your full-time job or live off of your spouse, right? Because you're not going to, you're going to delay the financial gratification on the back end, correct? Yeah, I agree. And I think sometimes it's about a healthy mix and, and really even digging into what is the true benefit of holding back all of this cash? Might it serve me better to put some of it into the business and maybe limit the debt that I'm taking on? Could that make more sense from a business plan perspective? So I think that it's, you're right because you know, you'll have those conversations where you can't have it all. You can't keep all your cash and have really low debt. You know, that's a tough combination. <laughs> so we all want to do that, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I want to use somebody else's money. I don't actually want to work and I want to make a million dollars. <laughs> I would have the easiest job ever if that was possible. It really would make <laughs> Me my too, life actually. <laughs> if, I, if I found that business, we, they, we would sell them out like we were giving them away. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like candy to preschoolers. <laughs> No, I think you're, it's just all about, you know, figuring out what makes, makes the most sense. And sometimes that initial thought of, I want to hold on to as much of my cash as I can. When we talk that out and break it apart, maybe that doesn't ultimately make the most sense. That be, that might be more of an emotional thought than a rational thought. And so it just takes time to get there. I think to have the right combination. Yeah, I've always been fascinated, especially right now with all things lending and SBA and SBN. You know, Kim, you said it, I hear all the time, 
Well, why wouldn't I fund it with somebody else's money? And I've always, I, I don't know, I've always struggled with that. Like if you go today and buy something on your credit card, does anyone ever say, oh, I bought that with somebody else's money? <laughs> no. Why? Because you're going to pay it back with your own money plus interest. Well, <laughs> when you get an SBA loan, you're going to pay that money back with interest. And yet somehow this whole world of, well, it's somebody else's money. And I'm just like, no, no, it's not. It's eventually your money and then some. I said, you know, if you really want to argue, if you take out $150,000 from a rollover retirement funding strategy and that money's pre-tax, yeah, you know what? 30% of that money, depending on your income tax, that's really somebody else's money. You know who that somebody else is? The IRS. <laughs> so if you really want to play that game, that's probably the game to go. But sometimes lending and SBA is taking on this whole, well, that's somebody else's money. I'm like, I've never heard anybody mortgage a house or buy a car and say that their mortgage is somebody else's money. It's theirs. But there's, there's always been this idea of I'm going to buy a business with somebody else. And I said, that's really your goal. And here's this rollover program. Let's go. <laughs> that is such an amazing analogy. And that's why you guys are like the best in the business. Amazing. So while you mentioned this um, 401k rollover plan for viewers that might not even understand what the ROBS program is, why don't one of you um, answer that question? So what the ROBS program allows folks to do is access pre-tax retirement savings. So 401ks from old jobs, IRAs that you've rolled dollars into, maybe a TSP if you're former military, right? So all different account types will apply. But what the strategy allows folks to do is take that money and instead of having it invested in Sony and Best Buy stock, they're able to invest it into the stock of their own small business. And because that money is really going into the business bank account, not their pocket, it's not viewed as income to them as an individual. So that's why the income taxes or early withdrawal penalties wouldn't apply. And so to Eric's point, you're able to access the full value of those dollars. You're not on the hook for, you know, your 20 to 30% taxes, depending on what bracket you're in. And so that does make it a really popular program. And is there a payback time or an interest on that money? No. So uh, a ROMS program is not a loan. It's not an early withdrawal. And, and surely nail it. I think most people, when they first hear it, are like, oh, I didn't know this existed. And then I ask them, have you ever worked for a company that had a retirement account? Yes. Were you able to buy stock in that company through that retirement account? Like if I worked at Apple and I have a 401k at Apple, I could buy Apple stock through my retirement account. And most people will say yes. And I tell people, great, if you've done that, congratulations, you've already done rollover funding, except instead of funding somebody else's business, you're funding your own. And that's really what rollover funding is. I don't buy Apple stock as an employee and call up, you know, Tim Cook and say, hey, by the way, you owe me that money back. That's a loan I gave you guys. No, your retirement plan got the stock. They got the cash and they can use it to fund their business. It's that same structure but in your own small business environment where your plan is investing in your company, your plan gets the shares, the company gets the cash, and you're off and running. Yeah, and talk about an emotional response. Most of the time, when I first meet a candidate and I mention that you can use your 401k, a lot of times people will say, oh, 
touch my 401k. I would never do that. And I say, okay, well, hold on to your horses because that's an emotional response that once you get educated, you might feel differently about. And do you, do you come across that? Because it's just people don't understand this entire conversation we're just having. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of my conversations, and I deliver this line every time, and I say, I've been doing this for 10 years. You know what most common question I get? Well, if I use my retirement funds and the business fails, then my retirement funds are gone. And in 10 years, I've actually come up with a pretty good answer. And the answer is, yes, you're correct. <laughs> And I say, in a vacuum, that probably doesn't sound that awesome. But we were talking, joking before about, you know, our jobs would be easier. And I say, but are you aware of some magical funding tool out there that if I use it and the business fails and the money's gone, I get the money back? Because <laughs> I, I'm not aware of that. If I use my cash and the business fails, the money's gone. Oh, which, by the way, the cash I already paid taxes on, the money in my retirement account was pre-tax, so... 20 to 30 percent of my losses were subsidized by the government pre-tax dollars if I use a home equity. So, yeah, I mean, all the scenarios, I remember once hearing an accountant once go, you know what? The rollover is the cheapest way to fail. And I was like, (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to make that our tagline anytime soon. I'm sure surely you guys want to frame one, but it's really not a bad way of looking at it. But, yeah, there's a very emotional response to retirement funds. Um, that I get and I understand and Shirley gets and understands, but um, it doesn't mean you shouldn't be educated about it. Well, and I think that one of the things that helps bring that from an emotional thought to a more logical, rational thought is helping folks understand all of your money is retirement money at some point. Some of it you have paid taxes on already. Some of it you have not paid taxes on, but you're going to get to a point in your life where all of your money is retirement money. So realistically, it's just a difference in where it sits right now. And I think that sometimes framing it up that way does help folks understand, really, this is just one big bucket of money that I have. You know, it's, you know what? it's all the same. And to bring it full circle, that's the same question as, can I buy a business with no money down? I mean, it's the exact same answer right there. That, that is magical right there. That was awesome. You know what? One, one last piece on this conversation. I, I'm aware that there's a, a, a way when you have a 401k plan and you go to sell your business that you could avoid some taxation. Does one of you want to speak to that? Yeah, I mean, we always say, I mean, if you have thousands of clients, thousands of businesses, there's thousands of different exit strategies. So if you funded your business this way, maybe there was a way for us to set up like a Roth retirement account for the business, which... If you have a Roth 401k established for the business, when you eventually exit it, you can essentially take all the proceeds of the sale and have it flow directly into the retirement account, essentially avoiding capital gains tax. Sometimes it's depending upon how the business is sold, whether it's a stock sale or an asset sale. So there really are more benefits that people aren't aware of that far outweigh some of the perceived negatives that people have about how to fund a business in any way. But yes, there are... So many different strategies for any type of retirement account to be tied to your future growth, whether it's in or out of business. Yeah, that's excellent. You know what? This has been such an inspiring conversation. I know it's probably created more questions for a lot of people. So I appreciate your time. You guys are absolutely the best in the business. If anybody that's watching this video has any further questions, I think the answer to the question, can you buy a franchise with no money down is... uh, 
yes and no. <laughs> and, and then it depends, right? There's a lot of it depends. How to fund a business is all, it all comes down to a personal conversation between you and people like this, like Eric from a company called Benetrends and Shirley from a company called Fran Fund. So to learn more about their companies and how they could help you figure out if you qualify for lending, no money down or with money down, please check out the comments below. And always, you can always reach out to The Daily Coach as well. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, everybody. If you found this inspiring, please contact me at inquire at kimdaily.tv. My consulting services are totally free to you. Again, that email is inquire at kimdaily.tv. I can't wait to hear from you. 